Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And today I have Stu Cochran from Blue Collar Barbershop in Gardigan Street. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Oh, no worries. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. So like COVID happened and you had to close. Like, But then I know you were just about to start some like renovations in the shop. Yeah. Was that kind of, was it, I guess, some good? Just from the COVID shutdown? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was I was going to shut down the shop. Um, I started planning my renovations in November. And I was going to shut down the shop for about five days in May, which is not ideal. It's a pretty busy month. You know, it's just the end of, end of spring, getting into summer. People want to get their haircuts for their, their time off and whatnot. So it, it was kind of like, well, I, I'll get it done and pick a time and do it. But... Um, yeah, then being shut down for almost three months is like, wow. fuck, what better time to do it? Like, <laughs> so uh, what were some of the renovations you had in mind for the shop? Uh, so we started off with um, just a very blank space. Mm. Um, so I had concrete floors to begin with. I had a weird open segment in the back where um, basically it was a space that like my bathroom kind of created, left this blank like little... Um, like seven by 11 alcove in the back of the space. Mm. So I wound up actually walling that off and turning it into like a staff lunchroom kind of thing. Oh. Slash storage area. Um, yeah. I put um, flooring down, um, repainted the shop, put floating countertops with sinks in instead of, uh, I used like, I used to use Husky like toolbox kind of things for workstations. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a sliding door on the bathroom like a barn door kind of thing, mm. and um, put in two extra barber chairs. So I went from a, a having space for four people, now I have the space for six people. Oh. Yeah. So, like, you've hired new people, or...? Uh, I was I was planning on it, but uh, now it's... I can't really hire any more people right now because I'd have to alter my space again and install... Um, like oh, because of the like, space and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so we, we, we gotta the, keep the, the six feet. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll come back to that. But let's start your journey. Like, how did you, how did you decide? Okay, I want to cut hair. Like, was that always there or? Okay, so um, a long time ago, when I was like, like a, a teenager, I was all about my hair. I was a metalhead though, so I grew my hair really long, like it was down the middle of my back. Oh wow! And I was like, "Yeah, you know what I'm talking about." Um, I would be like, "You know what? I I listen to Megadeth and Slayer, and these are all my favorite bands, and I play guitar. I'm in a band. Like, I have to have long hair. Mm. Short hairs for fucking losers if you're a metalhead." <laughs> and it was like, you know that that was it for me. Yeah. And then you know eventually, like I I, I was. Ang- angry angsty teenager for no reason and um eventually i calmed down a little bit i cut my hair a little bit shorter mm. and um shortly after that maybe about a year or two after that i was um i was being used as a guinea pig for my sister who you've interviewed in the past. yeah yeah and, yeah um, cat. yeah when cat was doing uh hair school and stuff like that she would practice her um her really short haircuts on me mm. had a few not so great ones i mean as anyone who's doing <laughs> it to begin with yeah. but um 
that definitely worked out for me in the long run because then my haircuts got better and better and better from her mm. to the point where I was like, okay, cool. I, I think short hair is pretty fucking cool in that too. <laughs> um, and I'd been working as a, a barista. I did that for about six or seven years before I got into barbering. Mm. And um, I was just, I needed a change. I was tired of work, like starting work at 5.30, 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, the coffee industry is a lot of fun, but it's one of those industries where unless you open a cafe, which is like $150,000 in debt right off the bat, you're only going to make like maximum like 13, 14 bucks an hour. Mm. It's like, I want to be able to retire one day, like, or at least slow down a little bit. Like, so I started asking around, uh, I knew that I wanted to do something where I could continue to work with my hands and continue to be talking to people. Mm. So I mean, I, thought like what's what's the next best option um there was a tattoo shop that i had been talking about or talking with about um starting to take their bookings and you know clean up the shop kind of thing Mm. which they said if it went well eventually could have led to an apprenticeship but the concept of breaking people's skin for a living (laughs) kind of kind of backed me off a little bit there yeah um that that fell through whatever you know Mm. shit happens and um so I was just like, went and talked to my sister. I was like, how, like, what about what you do? Like, I, I can't afford to go to school. Like, like what, what would you recommend I do? Is there any way for me to like, do like an apprenticeship program or something like that? Mm. And my, my sister's a hairstylist. She does fantastic, shorter, masculine style haircuts. She's like, well, you can't really in the, through the cosmetology association do apprenticeships at the moment. They don't have that yet, but, um, She's like, I know the Barbers Association does. Why don't you go check out some barber shops? Oh. So I, um, at the time I was working at um, 2 of by C when it was on the waterfront. So I went and talked to uh, Rob Oxner, who owns St. Lou's. Uh, my friend Dexter worked there. He was doing great haircuts there. So I, I went and talked to him. I was like, what, what do you recommend? Like, is there any way you'd be willing to apprentice me? He didn't have the time or the space, which is understandable. It's a it's a huge responsibility to teach someone a new career. Mm. But he recommended that I talk to, um, Joel Martell who owns a uh, odd fellows barbershop, oh, yeah, yeah. which I mean, I worked at, cause I worked for two of by C was owned by anchor coffee. I had been working at the anchor coffee espresso bar at pro skates where odd fellows is. Mm. I was like, Oh shit. That's, that's what he does. He, <laughs> he cuts hair back there. Okay, cool. Cause he had only just opened up about the same time I talked to Rob. Okay. So, um, I went and I just hung out at Oddfellows one day, waited for Joel to finish um, finish up his last client of the day. He's like, he just looks at me. He's like, you just waiting for a for a drive or something like that? I was like, <laughs> no, I'm actually waiting to talk to you. I got I got nothing going on tonight. So um, when he's finished his last haircut, we sat down, we talked for like 15, 20 minutes. I expressed interest in it, mm. and he's like, well, I'm like considerably further along than my business plan at this point. He's like, I'm gonna need help probably in the next like six months or eight months he's like so if you're willing to he's like we can do a few practice haircuts on some hairstyling mannequins you can see if you like it i can see if i like you enough to the point to teach you all this stuff he's like and then we'll take it from there Mm. and that was that'll be six years ago in october oh wow yeah so how long were you with him for i was with joel as an apprentice for nine or ten months what would that involve? So that's just, it starts out with you just going in, sweeping the floor, answering the phones, basically doing work to allow the, I guess, it, for lack of a better term, the master barber to focus on what they're doing. Mm. 
and um, you kind of earn your place in the space. Mm-hmm. As most apprenticeships, they're un- unpaid. And so you're, you're working for free, but you're getting paid in knowledge. So it was like, sweep the floor, answer the phone, ring through clients, then just stand next to your, the guy who's teaching you and watch what they're doing. Ask Did they questions. ever like talk to, oh yeah, I was going to ask that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a lot of like, hey, so you see what I'm doing with my clippers right here? And when I've got my clipper comb here. This is called clipper over comb. And this is how you create this type of weight line along the side of the head. So you can connect it into the top later on with your scissors. And stuff wow. like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, did, did, like, did, was it easy to understand right away or? Oh my God, man. The first like four or five months, I was like, I, I don't know if I can do this. This yeah. is, this is fucking weird. Yeah, this is hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is a completely foreign concept to me. Mm. And, um, you know, I just, it's like, well, I'm not going to quit until I start doing haircuts on people and see if I like it. Mm. And honestly, my, my first haircut I did, I was like, I put on. Uh, I've just made some Kijiji ads. I put an ad on Kijiji and I was like, hey, taking appointments for next Friday or whatever it was. This was like a Wednesday night or something. Mm. It's like, so feel free to send me a message if you want to get a haircut next week. And this guy emails would you, me. Would you charge lower than... Like... I just do free. Oh, okay. Yeah, f- for the first few, probably first hundred haircuts I did were all free. Mm. And I was like, I got t- space next week if you want to come in. He s- sends me an email like... Uh, I just live around the corner from the shop. Can I come in now? <laughs> and I looked at I looked at Joel and I was like, "Is this cool? Like, can I bring him in?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." And like, the guy came in. I told him like I was only doing a, like what my boss told me to do. Mm. He's like, "That's fine. That's fine." I was like, "So we're gonna do this?" He's like, "I don't like that. I don't want you to do that." Oh. I was like, "I just fucking told you like you're getting a free haircut." <laughs> And he's like, cool. He's like, take your time. Take as much time as you need. I was like, cool. It's probably going to be like at least an hour and a half. I'm slow. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. 20 minutes into the haircut, he looks at his watch. And he's like, yeah, can we like hurry this up? I got things to do. It's <laughs> like, man, I just fucking told you it's going to take a while. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Sure. I guess I'll go as fast as I can, even though I don't know how fast I can go. Mm. And um, yeah, about an hour and 15, hour and an hour and a half later guy left not super happy with his haircut mm. and uh i was like this guy fucking sucks <laughs> but um i mean this is still like i put a lot of work into it i guess i'll keep going i'll mm. keep i'll keep doing it so like at what point when how long or how many customers between that from that person did you have your first oh i like this from a cost from a client probably honestly like I'd say 99% of my clients are awesome. Mm. Like, and I've always been awesome. Like I don't get a lot of people who are difficult or pushy or anything like that. Mm. Um, honestly, I, I do like working with people. And so it's, it's one of the, it's, it's almost like an exercise in humility working with, with people on a daily basis. Cause like I've got clients who are from a, one particular individual. He's got two or three university degrees. He's, um, he's from egypt he's lived all over the world Mm. i have to bring myself up to his level to have a conversation with him Mm. and we'll talk for you know the entire time he's in the chair about things going on in the world and you know things going on in our personal lives same with like i'll get like a high school student like kid in grade 11 like you know i don't know if you remember being like a 17 year old boy but that's like the goofiest thing (laughs) on the planet and i can i can like bring myself back a little bit to Mm. like you know 
you know, dick of fart jokes, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's like, what else do you talk to a teenager about? It's, 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 it's a really fun job because you get to, you know, just converse with everyone, mm. like all walks of life, all age groups. And, um, it's just like everyone, any, any type of customer service job, you get that, that 1% of people who just make you want to take the day off <laughs> <laughs> so um like did you ever actually work as a barber in the old fellows or yeah so i did about yes eight eight to ten month kind of thing apprenticeship and then uh i only worked there for about six or seven months as a barber mm. um just luck of the draw had it that an opportunity opened up at another barber shop that had just opened up um odd fellows is a very sleek very high-end much more almost verging on like stylistic kind of barbering like much more complicated haircuts Mm. uh, very highly texturized and stylish haircuts Mm. and i was like i want to be a fucking barber i want (laughs) to i want to do like you know like just a really nice classic haircut and Mm. i want to have like you know i want to have some cool artwork on the walls and a bit something a bit more a bit bit more like me kind of thing because I, I i personally think like it's one of those jobs that you can show a lot of your personality mm. and so this other barber shop just opened up i had a lot of mutual friends with the owner uh, his name's jesse resk he owns northeast barber actually just down the road from here mm. uh, so i went there and i worked there for almost three years i think two and a half three years wow. and then i was like you know what time time to go all in yeah i guess how uh, do you how do you come to that decision to do your stuff um Maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit of arrogance. I I, I don't know, but like I always, my entire life, I've always felt like, you know, if I've gotten good at something that I should just like have control, Mm. I don't know, maybe probably some arrogance in there, but you know, it's everyone thinks that they can do the job better than the next guy or they can like their version is going to be the right way. Mm. So I was like, let's try my own way. And if it fails, it fucking fails. <laughs> so I guess uh, from making that decision, how long did it take to actually get to day one of Blue Collar? So I started really thinking about it about a year and a half into when I into my time at Northeast. Mm. I had always toyed with the idea, like even when I was an apprentice, like I'd like to open up my own shop one day. Um, so I started after about a year and a half, just like when I'd find something really cool that I didn't have any place for in my house or at my station at the shop, I'd I had a little bin in my basement. I would like put like framed artwork down there or knickknacks or things like that. Just started saving stuff, waiting for the day when like it sort of came about. Um, and then uh, actually my, I, I actually wound up borrowing some money from my parents. I was a Christmas. Uh, it'll be three years ago. Mm. Um, my parents got, uh, well, my dad specifically is ex-military. Back in the 90s, he had a really bad go with the military. Um, not to get too far into details with it, but he wound up being um, dismissed wrongfully. Mm. And um, he's got a lot of residual health issues from his time in the military. So they, they got a nice little package from uh, Veterans Affairs. So dad bought himself a new car and um, you know, bought some stuff for my sister. And they're like, still want to open that barbershop? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Why? And they're like, oh, well, let's, let's, we can make it happen for you. We can help you make it happen. So they, mm. I put in a lot of my own money. They lent me the rest to get me up to where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I yeah, just kind of took it from there. And mm. so, like, uh, how did you find that location you were in now in Godigen? So I I had. I didn't live too far from there at the time. Mm. I just lived on Almond Street, and I would walk down past it every day to go to work. Mm. And um, one of my friends, uh, his name's Sonny Adamski. He uh, co-owns Dairy Bar, um, Cafe Good Luck, uh, Manual Coffee and Baking. And um, he was telling me that he had actually spoken with that landlord there about uh, about putting in a space. So he's like, eh. he's like, I'd rather open a spot in Dartmouth. He's like, that's where my family is. That's where my friends are. He's like, I'd rather go to say keep it in Dartmouth mm. and um, he's like so I'm going to pass on but you should reach out and talk to these guys so I I did and I, I sent them an email didn't hear back from from for a couple weeks mm. and I was talking to my mom about it and she's like well you should definitely reach out again because your grandfather grew up right around the corner from there oh that's, that's so it's the the spots on Godgen Street just by Prince William mm. and my grandfather grew up on the corner of Cornwallis and Barrington so that was his neighborhood when when he was my age mm. walking around just living in the neighborhood kind of thing yeah so that, that was really cool like we've got some familial roots in the area mm-hmm. um so finally i i found the phone number of um one of the one of the owners of the building there and i called him and he's like oh yeah i got your email I was like i meant to respond <laughs> to it i must not have responded to yeah. it so i wound up meeting with him i i took the first week off of 2018 mm. i was like take a few days off to relax and rest up myself because i when i work whenever i I tend to work a lot of hours anyways because i enjoy what i do but i've been doing it for you know at this point four years i was 50 hour 60 hour work weeks every week burning myself out so i don't take a week off work and uh, i wound up spending a lot of time that week off just doing prep work because i went and i checked out the space um Met with the new landlord, signed a lease. Oh, wow. Got all this stuff done in the week, and I was like, holy fuck, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, then when you, when you you know, got the shop and then you're about to leave, was it going to be just you there cutting hair? Or? Initially, it was just going to be myself going, but mm. uh, we had a friend who was, um, like, my, my wife also cuts hair. Mm. Um, we had a friend who was, uh, going through a bit of a hard time with his job and he needed to change his life. So he actually enrolled in Barber college, but his, uh, his fiance at the time was, uh, was pregnant and it was looking like he wasn't going to be graduating from school until about two or three months after his child was born. So uh, he dropped out of school and he's like, I gotta, I gotta focus on family stuff. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to the Barber Association and I asked, like, can I continue his educational hours at the shop and make it so he can still get his barber license, but also, you know, have time to actually work. So, Mm. I mean, he was working part-time at a restaurant down the road and making a little bit of money at the shop and worked out pretty great for him, I think. Mm. (laughs) He was able to still not throw away all that time in school which is nice yeah that was uh like how did you even figure out you could do that or you just i just i i knew the the registrar for the barbers association so i just called him and asked what was going on and if that was a possibility okay and um um, so so you started right away your wife how did you meet so i met my wife probably almost seven years ago now just through uh friends of friends mm. she had been living in montreal and then she moved back to halifax and uh i grew up in 
you know, playing music, like playing a lot of metal bands and punk bands. She grew up in the punk scene. Like she's about seven years older than me. Mm. So, um, I knew a lot of her friends that she used to have back before she moved away mm. and, uh, just met through mutual friends kind of thing. So like, did she call her Montreal or? No, she was actually, uh, she was a cook for a long time. She did, um, when she was in Montreal, she actually worked for, um, Gordon Ramsay. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's. Um, you just mentioned that in passing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like if you work for Gordon Ramsay, you would just work for one of his like hundreds of restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she did. She did get to meet him a few times. Mm. Apparently, he's actually a lot nicer than he pretends to yeah, be on TV. I think, you know, yeah, yeah, I think it's just a TV yeah. thing. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, she just that restaurant actually closed because he he sold it to another company, uh, okay. and then the restaurant got sort of run to the ground. <sighs> and she's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm I'm going back home. Mm. Um. And uh, then she started working at the Bicycle Thief. She was there for about four years to change ownership. She just got really burnt out on it. And I was like, hey, like, I can teach you how to cut hair. You mentioned that you were interested in it. We can, like, it's cool with my boss. Like, I, Jesse's cool with it if I... Uh, oh, this was USLA Odd, uh, Odd uh, Fellows? Uh, at uh, Northeast. Oh, Northeast, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so I, I talked to Jesse about it, and he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, she can definitely apprentice here. Like, that'd be great get a third body in the shop mm. and you know about eight months to a year for her because she was still working like 45 50 hours a week and then coming in on her spare time like mm. right after work and this is a long time yeah it, was, yeah it was hard work but she pulled it off and she's killing it now oh man yeah. so um then you guys you know you said i'm doing this it happens um like does she still call hair in the oh, yeah. shop or, or yeah okay. she's um so about six or seven months after I opened up, mm. um, it was getting really busy and the shop was, you know, hitting its stride kind of thing. I was like, we, we need some help. I was looking around and then she's like, you know, I, I really enjoyed working with you. I'd, I'd like to come up and, you know, work with you. So I go, perfect. I, I know how you cut hair. I know how you work with your clients. Yeah. It's, there's no mysteries. Mm. This is perfect. Yeah. So, um, what is the process? Like, do, do you book it online or? Yeah. So, um. Before all the restrictions came into place because of yeah. COVID, mm. um, yeah, we use a, a company called Reserva. They've got like um, an app and a website that you can go through to book online. Mm. Uh, you can call us to book in, or you can, well, we would even take walk-ins like if we had the space for it. Mm. Um, we're kind of toying with the idea again of taking walk-ins now that we're used to our new restrictions. Mm -hmm. It's just. Um, matter of finding the way, right way to do it at this point yeah because like now with covid people only come right on time yeah. like on the yeah. time they on the and do you have like fees if people cancel or i mean if you cancel and you give me enough time to you know even an hour you know whatever like okay. hour or two is fine but if you're like you know your appointment's in three minutes and you call <laughs> like i can't fill that space like yeah there's yeah, no chance yeah, so yeah, yeah because we are at um such a reduced capacity we're only at about 70 percent capacity right mm. now um and this is very common i think most barbershops in halifax are doing it mm. if you super last minute cancel your appointment or you don't show up the next time you come in for your appointment you you got to pay for the, your missed appointment yeah yeah like if if you have a reason like holy shit my kid fell down and broke his arm i'm not gonna be like well too fucking bad <laughs> that's uh two haircuts please <laughs> you know but if it's like yeah i just forgot about my haircut or i didn't feel like coming in it's like well you've you wasted my time and everyone else who wanted to get a haircut like so so 
now, I guess, like with the haircut, um, is there like a flat rate or the type of haircut determines that? We do we do pretty well flat rate kind of thing. Like, mm. if if you just want something really really simple, like you just want like a number one buzz cut or whatever, like buzz cuts are we charge fifteen bucks for it, and beard trims are fifteen. Uh, kids cuts flat rate twenty bucks. Um, because w- with kids, sometimes you can give them the best haircut because you know if your kid's kid's gonna sit like a statue your kid's gonna get a fantastic haircut but if your kid's like doing this (laughs) the kid's getting the haircut that they can get so some kids it's a fantastic deal others it's it's cheaper because it's not going to be as delicately put on your head Mm. um and then a haircut's 30 bucks okay so um now, what are I guess what are some of the restrictions in place apart from the spacing in the shop? Okay, so we barbers have to wear masks at all times. Um, if we do a beard trim, when you take off your ma- your uh, your mask, we have to put on a face shield. Oh, the yeah. client wears a mask too. Yeah, so the client has to wear a mask the moment even before they get in the shop. It has to be put on outside before yeah. you come in. Uh, since someone forget a mask, do you have masks in yeah. the store? Okay. Yeah, I've got some disposable. You know, just cheap little medical masks. Mm. Um, you know, we say we charge two bucks for them. Most of the time, we forget to charge people for them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the person has a mask on for a haircut, but when they are shaving, they take it off and yeah. So we're we're not doing straight razor shaves at the moment, oh, just because okay. we find like if you're same as you know, you wear glasses. You know, you wear a mask, your glasses steam up. Yeah, you wear a mask with a face shield face shield seems up and the last thing you want to do when you can't see is do a face <laughs> <trigger shape>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so be like there is a oh man it's like really old but i think it's it's not the untouchables but anyway there's a film where i think robert de niro plays al capone and then he uses straight razor on yeah. someone oh yeah, i don't want that scene going on How, why are those things so sharp they're really really sharp oh man they're so sharp <laughs> i've i've cut myself a few times in the past <laughs> but okay so so it's just like uh with the with the with the clip on yeah stuff. if someone wants to like their beard taken off with the trimmers or something like that we mm-hmm. can definitely do that but we don't want to put ourselves in a situation where it's potentially mm-hmm. dangerous for our clients mm-hmm um so yeah the other day i was driving by garage and there was a line of people just sitting down outside kind of waiting were they waiting to come into the shop too there might have been some of them might have been waiting to come into us um my neighbors at jibo the cell phone repair place mm. they um they take they, they don't take appointments or anything like that it's all walk-ins but they only allow like two clients uh, two or three clients in the shop at a okay. time so they'll get a little overflow then there's real fake meats which is like the most popular vegan restaurant in town. They're yeah. always lined up. Yeah. Oh. Like, so just my like little strip is like, uh, there's always someone waiting. Yeah. yeah and I'd yeah. say ninety percent of the time it's for real fake meats because people <laughs> want to get that. They want to get that vegan donair. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yeah. Um. So now, like, what are some other changes that COVID has brought to the shop? Uh, so we have to have uh, 15 minutes between each uh, client to like sanitize and sterilize and spray everything down, mm. which honestly I think is um, when there is a vaccine and when they lift restrictions and stuff like that, I'm not going to keep my appointment time at the 45 minutes it's at now, but I'm going to go down to 40 because mm. I'm enjoying having the extra time. Like we used to do 30 minutes, you know, and it's it's a 30 minute haircut, but honestly it's, you know, 
you got to get in the chair. I got to put the cape on you, wet your hair down, section it off, figure out what we're doing. So honestly, and then by the end, I got to shave your neck, mm. style your hair, and you're going to pay. And that's all 30 minutes. So it's like, it's really about a 20, 24 minute haircut. Mm. But if we do 40 minutes, you're getting a 30 minute haircut, which gives us all that extra time to hit every last little detail, make sure everything is as perfect as can be. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to slow down after like yeah, right? almost, almost six years of <laughs> just giving it. <laughs> so do you guys have kids? No. Okay. Um, so like uh, what, what, what's the opening times of the shop? Uh, so on the schedule is uh, we open at 9 a.m., but I'm usually there about 8.45, starting a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um, 8.45, 8.30. Um Megan usually comes in for 10 because we do have a dog. She uh, she wakes up the same time as me. She takes care of the dog, takes her out for a walk in the morning. I go to work. I get my day going a little bit earlier. Mm. And then um, we're pretty much always closed right at 6. Okay. But sometimes we'll, because uh, of our 45-minute spacing, mm. it'll um, have us a space that you can't book. That's at 5.45. So if someone comes in and they're a regular or something like that and they want to get a haircut, well, we can take a look and say, hey, well, yeah, I can get you into the last space of the day at mm. 5.45, and we'll get out at 6.30 kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this booking, the bookings are still all done through Reservoir's yep. website? Okay. Yeah. Do you, like, is there, how does, do you, is there a fee to the company? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a flat rate once a month kind of thing. Oh, yeah. do, no matter how many bookings we get? Yeah, in? so they've, they've got, like, um, tiers. Oh, so like, okay. I think it's a hundred or less is this much, two hundred or or oh, less okay. is this much, and then uh, unlimited is like, it's not that bad. It's, it's under hundred bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. Um. So how many apart from you and Megan, your wife? Yeah. Uh, how many people? Like, do you have other babas in the show? Yeah. So currently there are three of us all together, um, but starting early September, I've got someone else coming on, and then uh, I've got two two empty chairs that are in the middle between. That are just going to stay empty for the time being. Mm, mm. Then once restrictions are lifted, um, I'm hiring. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of the hiring thing, like, I mean, you've been through different people you worked with, apprenticeship, and then working in a barbershop. What is your own process for deciding the people that you work in, in the blue-collar uh, barbershop? I mean, on obviously, if you can do a good haircut, that's a plus. But if you can't do a great haircut... I can teach you, but if you if you have a bad personality mm. that's not gonna fit with the rest of us, you're not you're not getting hired. Like I I'm very happy with like I'm pretty moderate, like middle of the road kind of guy. My wife Megan, because of her years as a cook, is a little bit higher end energy wise. Like she's fast, she's a little bit louder, talks a lot more than everybody else because she has that that drive and then amber um our third hire is uh she's quieter she's more reserved so she's on the lower end so uh, the last thing i need is like a i call them a zero to 100 personality like (laughs) someone who's going to come in and just be like you know mad right off the bat at something or you know just be too loud or too aggressive or anything Mm. like that because i mean i don't care if you do a fantastic haircut if you're going to talk over your client you're or you're not going to talk to your client mm. you're going to be rude or you're going to be disrespectful to your coworkers. you're not you're getting the fuck out of my shop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Um, so the renovations are all done now. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, you put a, oh, um, so how like uh, the Instagram for the barber shop is crazy. Who's behind that? Is it all you? It's mostly all me. Mm. Uh, I actually hire hired a friend of Megan's to help out a lot. Okay. Uh, her name's Sarah Russell. She does a lot. Of, she used to do a lot of stuff with like Jazz Fest and Pop Explosion. Oh. So she helps me with a lot of like scheduling and stuff like that. Mm. But um. I just try to post something that like looks good and give it like less of a throwaway feel when I put up a post, not posting for the sake of posting. Mm, like, yeah, yeah. I don't use my Instagram. My own is like, okay, I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that. <laughs> but it's like you guys, it's it's planned out. I like yeah. that. I like the pictures. I guess it also helps that your sh- uh, shop looks as good as it looks. So it's we like, do our best. You turn to take a photo. It's like, oh yeah, that looks good. That yeah. looks good. That looks good. Um. So now, what a what a. Uh, with all these changes that COVID has brought are brought into <clears throat> just life in general, do you like? feel any changes when you're like your life at home and then the shop i've i've gotten so used to it man like mm. I, mean, I think by now like if you're not used to it you're never gonna get used to it mm. like you know i our legislation that we had like for our reopening plan that the government gave us like we've been wearing masks since june 5th when we reopened mm. um so and our clients have had to wear masks since june 5th like whenever they come in the space. Mm-hmm. So like the whole mandatory mask thing that recently came around is not, not a big change. Mm. It's not a big deal. It's like, fuck, whatever. You know, I was trying to wear a mask anyways. <laughs> um, it's like my, um, my parents were in the UK at the end of February and just before it. Yeah. And when they got back, they were doing their isolation. Mm. Uh, I think they got back like March, 8th or March 10th or something like that mm-hmm. doing their isolation my dad's not in the best health anyway so he's definitely the person who it would you know when it first was come about was one of the the sort of the prime targets for COVID mm-hmm. my parents were doing their isolation about five or six days in they're like yeah we're not feeling good next day we're gonna go get tested then two days after that mom tested negative and dad tested positive wow so dad had COVID um five or six days after he got tested and tested positive, he started to come around. He's getting a little bit better. And then one thirty in the morning, I got a phone call from my mom freaking out. Cause the, uh, he just took a turn for the worst. Mm. I had to have an ambulance called to come get checked. Um, his oxygen saturation was going way down. Wow. Um, so that happened about two or three times where they had to, um, send ambulances out, which is like, I'm not sure what it is, what it's like now, but when an ambulance went out, it was like, they knew you were a COVID patient. They had to like, basically wear a hazmat suit to yeah. come in and take a look at you. Mm. So the third, I think it was the third call. He wound up going to the hospital and he spent three weeks in the hospital wow. with about five or six days in ICU. Damn it. And, um, so he got out of the hospital at the end of April, I believe. And uh, he's still not 100% back to normal. He's still got swelling of his lungs and irritation. Wow. Testing negative for it. He, mm. He's had several tests afterwards. But just seeing, like, you know, how vicious COVID can be and how fucked up it is. Mm-hmm. Like, see a lot of people like, oh, it's, you know, it's 
it's like the flu. It's fine. It's well, it's you know, a hundred years ago, if we didn't have the common cold and we got this now, it'd be like this too. It's like, I don't fucking care. Wear mm, a mask. Yeah. I'm wearing a mask. You should wear a mask. Yeah. Like, it's not going to work unless we both wear it. So just fucking put it on, please. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, and it's when you hear stories like, 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 I think, you know, there are a lot of stories of people that either say, no, this isn't real. And then either they end up getting infected. And I think it's, it's to me, it's not even that them getting infected. It's the fact that now they become people that spread it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But thankfully, I, at least here from like the announcements we hear, we are doing at least better in this region. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we get, so yeah, wear your fucking mask, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not that hard. Yeah. Um. So yeah. No. No. I have so many questions, but I, you know, because I'm planning something else that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna end it with this one. Like you started from. <clears throat> okay, I don't like my haircut. To cutting hair, to starting your business, to running it, to actually having people working with you now. Uh, what advice would you have for someone that wants to start something, like start a business? Just do your research plan it out and put in the fucking hours my first six months i was doing 75 hours a week Whoa. six days a week like 10 11 12 hour days like just if you don't put in the work at at first you're going to be putting in longer hours later on down the road when you're already tired and burnt out and worn out just put it in first and Get it to the point where you can take a step back. Mm. Don't don't expect to be successful overnight because it doesn't happen. Wow. Thank you so much. No worries. Too. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh.